You do realize this Southern Miss game is the last tune-up before Texas A&M, so I don't want to see any of the lack of discipline that we had against Bethune-Cookman. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So the Miami Hurricanes, 1-0 on the season, ranked number 15. They take on unranked Southern Miss, 0-1, coming off a loss to Liberty. And yeah, as I mentioned, guys, this is going to be Miami's last chance in a game situation to prepare themselves for the wood chipper that is College Station, Texas, next week. Now, I'm not going to completely look ahead of Southern Miss. Quite the contrary. We're giving you our keys to the game against the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, right? So Miami last week, 70-13 to victory. A little sloppy at times on defense, and that's where we start. Three keys to the game. Number one, Miami needs to show more discipline this week on the defensive side of the football. Not only is... The talent overall on the other side of the field going to be better. I know that in the case of Bethune-Cookman, they had some Power 5 transfers that added some potency to their offense, but Southern Miss is more talented than Bethune-Cookman, okay? So you're not going to be able to get away with missing as much assignments, and it's also an interesting challenge for Miami. Yeah, you can say that Southern Miss, even compared to Bethune-Cookman, is a one-dimensional team because they have virtually no passing attack. So you're keying in on the run. But at the same time, one-dimensional, but their offense is still diverse, okay? Miami defensive coordinator Kevin Steele described the Golden Eagles as using three separate offenses in one. Uh, and they've had to do that because over the last two seasons, they've suffered tons of quarterback injuries, including last week their starter Ty Keyes got hurt. I think he's going to be probably a game-time decision to play. So the Southern Miss Golden Eagles have turned to, over the last couple of seasons, what they refer to as the super back offensive system. You can call it the wildcat if you prefer that terminology. Uh, Frank Gore Jr., the son of a Miami legend, who's Southern Miss's arguably best player overall, certainly best offensive player, becomes the focal point of that offense as their wildcat quarterback. So if I'm looking at Miami's D, I think if everyone plays their assignments – and if they are quicker to react than they were a week ago, because like Mario Cristobal said, the tackling last week was hit or miss. Uh, they had some busts. They had issues setting the edge. They had issues with quarterback containment. Uh, Miami's defensive line, I believe, is a lot better than what they showed us a week ago. So if they can play their assignments, they should be able to disrupt the Golden Eagles offense. And then the hope would be, if you force Southern Miss into a lot of third and longs, they're going to have to throw the football, and that's when you're really going to expose their virtually non-existent passing game, okay? So that's key number one. You have to be disciplined on defense, and we'll talk a little bit later about some of the players that I hope are going to step up this week and some of the players that I hope will be X-factors this week. Key number two, if we go over to the offense, 
Um, honestly, there's not a whole lot to critique about the offense coming out of last week. So I want to see Miami's offensive line build on what they did so well against Bethune-Cookman. You may not have realized this because I didn't know this until this came out yesterday from Pro Football Focus. Miami's offensive line last week graded out as the top O-line in the entire country. Pro Football Focus College sent out a tweet yesterday, the highest graded power five offensive lines in week one. Miami at number one with a 93.5 rating. Iowa State at number two with an 89.2. Baylor at number three with an 86.0. Miami's getting Zion Nelson back this week. Stud left tackle. That's only going to make this offensive line even better than it was a week ago. Uh, Ja'Kai Clark is doing fine after an injury scare. I know that the competition is getting a little bit tougher because, again, Southern Miss, more talented than Bethune-Cookman. You know, Miami last week, though, you talk about the O-line, they helped Miami rush for 305 yards and zero sacks given up. And by the way, guys, I'm looking at the opportunity this week for the running game. I know that you can say it, and I've already said it, that Southern Miss, they're a more talented team than Bethune-Cookman. But at the same time, you want to know how many running yards Southern Miss gave up last week? Now, they did have overtime as well, so like they kind of played like an extra quarter last week. But Southern Miss gave up 244 rushing yards to Liberty. <laughs> so if I'm Mario Cristobal and I'm Alex Mirabal and I'm Kevin Smith, Miami's running backs coach, and I'm looking at Liberty, 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 giving up 244 yards against uh, – uh, sorry, I get Southern Miss giving up 244 yards against Liberty last week. If I'm Miami, I'm thinking, yeah, we may be able to rack up maybe another 305 this week. So, yeah, listen, I know Miami's offensive line, they probably won't grade out as the highest-ranking Power 5 O-line every single week because you don't have Bethune-Cookman on your schedule every single week, but we all notice the difference. Miami's offensive line, even against inferior opposition, looked better last week than they did in previous years against FCS schools. They looked more dominant against Bethune-Cookman than they have against the Central Connecticut's and the Bethunes and the FAMUs in years past. So I think Miami's offensive line is turning over a more positive new leaf, and I think Zion Nelson being back is going to be a big part of that. So key number two is the O-line building on what they did last week. And then number three, I thought long and hard – about the third key to the game here. Initially, I was going to have it have something to do with Miami's passing game, you know, wanting to get more receivers involved. But I realized that was a little bit selfish on my part. That's more what Dono wants to see than what Miami actually needs to do to win this game and win this game comfortably because you have to take what the defense gives to you, right? I mean, Southern Miss, they blitz a lot, okay? That's something they're very aggressive on defense. Their defensive coordinator is 29 years old, and he's got that sort of, like, personality, like, we're going to bring the house at you. So there could definitely be opportunities for big plays in the passing game, but I just want Miami's offense to take what's given to them, and I trust Tyler Van Dyke, and I trust Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator, to do just that. So that's not going to be my third key. My third and final key will be, Do not let up for four quarters. Not only is the midday Miami Heat, this is a 12 noon game, remember. That midday Miami Heat, yeah, it's a weapon you can harness against your enemies. But this game, as I mentioned in the opening, so let's bring it full circle. This game is your final warm-up. 
before Texas A&M, and it needs to be treated as such, right? And even if you do have the luxury, let's say, of bringing in some second stringers late in the game, I hope Miami has that luxury. If it's not a close game, I hope Miami can take the starters out late. But it doesn't matter. First stringers, second stringers on the field. I want to see Miami finish every block, finish every tackle, don't miss assignments. And heck, even if you do find yourself up 30 or 40 points late in the game, conduct yourself as if you're down a touchdown because the habits that you're building now are going to carry over into a game next week that the odds makers do not think you can win going into Texas A&M. So I don't want to see Miami, if they have a big lead late in the game, I don't want to see them jogging. I don't want to see them relaxing. And I know Cristobal is going to get on them if he sees any of that nonsense this week. Because you have to treat this game not only with the respect that this coaching staff, this coaching staff wants to treat every opponent as if they're the Alabama Crimson Tide. Doesn't matter if it's Bethune-Cookman or Southern Miss. You want to treat every opponent like you're going up against the top team in the country. So you probably shouldn't worry about this for too long. But any of these players that might have some of the habits that carried over from previous coaching staffs, I want to see Miami sweep the leg, no mercy, Cobra Kai style for four quarters, okay? And in case you're wondering... Uh, my predicted score, and I did offer an official prediction to allhurricanes.com. My official prediction, 51 to 17 Miami. I'm going to definitely stick with Miami scoring a good amount of points. Uh, I hope Miami can hold Southern Miss to even less than uh, than 17 points. But I do have I do have some respect for Gore Jr. And I think maybe Southern Miss might have a little success early in the game before Miami's defense kind of clamps down and then Southern Miss starts to get tired in the heat. So uh, I think Miami's defense might give a little bit more early in the game and then late in the game, they get really dominant. They start to force some turnovers. So uh, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to stick with my official prediction. Miami 51, Southern Miss, Golden Eagles 17. Tell me your predictions, guys, heading into tomorrow's matchup. Week two, Miami Hurricanes hosting Southern Miss Final game before the season really ramps up against Texas A&M the following week. Let us know. You can follow us, by the way, on Twitter. If you tweet the show, we could read some of your tweets on the show. If you follow us, we'll follow you back. The show account is at Locked on Canes. So tweet to us at Locked on Canes. Follow us and we will follow you back. And guys, we have so much still to come in this episode of Locked on Canes. We're not done previewing the Southern Miss game. We're going to talk some recruiting, my friends, because... Um, a slight fear of mine about a top wide receiver in the class of 2023 looks like it's being confirmed. Um, so there's some not potentially not so good news there, but I think there is some good news at a few key positions and key 2023 guys that Miami is trying to land in this upcoming class. So we'll talk about that. I want to talk about X factor players, Miami versus Southern Miss. And before the show is done, we're going to talk a little betting, courtesy of our friends at betonline.net. So keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. And guys, it's that time of year. Make sure you're on betonline.net every day like I am. It is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchup, news and predictions, including 
this year's opening week games in the National Football League. Bet Online is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering info, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Ooh, thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So um, one of uh, one of my colleagues at allhurricanes.com, uh, I think it was Liam who wrote this piece. Uh, man, I, I'm not sure who wrote this piece. Whoops. But one of my colleagues at allhurricanes.com named an X-Factor player for this Saturday that's tomorrow. We're doing this on a Friday against Southern Miss. And he went with Akeem Mesidor. Mesidor comes into the second game of the season against Southern Miss with one sack. Now there's a more talented team to test Miami and Mesidor's talents. This is a flat-out battle that he should win. Point blank, Akeem Mesidor should be in the backfield often against the Golden Eagles. I agree. They do not possess the same level of talent as Miami's front, with Mesidor being the ringleader for getting to Southern Miss starting quarterback Ty Keyes. He'll also be depended on to slow down all-purpose Golden Eagles running back Frank Gore Jr. And yeah, listen. Uh, and by the way, as a side note, uh, I hope have you guys actually seen? Because like I had been watching like some highlights and, and film of Frank Gore Jr. running the football. That's one thing. Uh, he's he's a good, talented player. But then I was actually looking at pictures of Gore Jr., like without his helmet on. It is uncanny how much he looks like Pops. <laughs> like, I think Frank Sr., I mean, it's like he, he cloned himself. Like, like Jr., he looks so much like Sr. It's like, look, it's like looking at it because I, I went to school with Frank Sr. We were we were actually, uh, I think he was one year older than me, but we were, we were at school in the same time, and I'd see him you know, in the hallways and stuff at the University of Miami, outside of the classrooms, and it's like looking at Gore Jr., it's like looking at a photo, like through a time machine of Frank Sr. 19, 20 years ago. It's it's crazy how much they look alike, senior and junior. Um, further, uh, they write, even if Southern Miss double teams him and or chips him with a running back or tight end, uh, he's then opening opportunities for other Canes, like defensive ends Mitchell Agude, who we want to see more from this week, and Jafari Harvey, who we want to see more from this week, among others. To go one on one, he says, I will also give. Oh, and this is this is me adding this in, guys. You know, so you could talk about Akeem Mesidor. Um, I don't even know if I would call him an X Factor player because you know we we just expect him to be good at this point, right? I mean, this was the transfer player that we were maybe most excited about heading into this year because he did so well at West Virginia, was so highly recruited before he wound up at Miami, and he's so versatile on the defensive line. He can play basically anywhere. Uh, and in any formation on a D-line. Like, Mesidor's really, really good. He was Miami's best defensive player on the field last week. When it comes to X-Factor players, I am also going to give a nod this week to Keyshawn Smith. I think that's a massive X-Factor, okay? Keyshawn Smith was the top kick returner in college football last week, averaged over 60 yards per kick return. He's really emerging as a weapon on special teams. And... We're really yet to see him have any impact whatsoever this year on offense. Didn't have a catch last week. 
So Keyshawn Smith, who was, despite not having a catch playing wide receiver, was one of Miami's most impactful players last week. You know, he started all 12 games last year. He does have some chemistry with Tyler Van Dyke, had some big, uh, you know, big deep balls caught last year between him and TVD. I think Keyshawn is definitely an X factor for special teams and on offense this week. Bro, I think Jalen Knighton is a massive X factor. He's making his season debut this week. I don't know if he's literally going to get the first uh, offensive snap because maybe Henry Parrish will be the starter still this week, but we know Knighton's going to play, and I think he's going to make some explosive plays and really put some pressure on uh, on that Southern Miss defense. And, you know, if, if Miami can, you know, do what they did last week and kind of run to set up the pass, uh, then Southern Miss is very aggressive defense. You're going to make them play more honest. You're going to open up a lot for the passing game. So that's a big one for me. And, heck, I'm also going to say Will Mallory, I think, is an X factor this week, mainly because – he was on a strict snap count last week, didn't play a whole lot because of that. Uh, I'm sure that that snap count is going to be considerably up this week before hopefully full, no restrictions against Texas A&M next week. So I think Will Mallory is going to do a little bit more on the field. And, you know, somebody made a good point to me uh, on Twitter because we were talking about players you're buying stock in, hurricane players to buy stock in, like buy low, obviously. And someone said in our comments, well, if we're buying low, I'm buying stock in Lou Headley. <laughs> Literally didn't punt last week. Miami had 11 offensive drives, scored touchdowns on 10 of those. One of those was a fumble uh, ending drive. Zero punts for, for Lou Headley last week. Um, I'm not going to be quite so bold as to say that Miami will not punt again this week. So you'll probably see, you know, maybe three or four punts this week. And Headley can help Miami play that field position game. So, you know. You definitely hope your punter doesn't have to be an X factor against uh, against Southern Miss. But I'm just going to throw that out there because I thought that that was a great comment that we got about potential X factor players. OK, uh, OK, let's talk a little uh, recruiting here. So I, I think it was late last week. It was either late last week or it might have been on Monday's show. I said something that I had been hearing about Hakeem Williams. I think this was probably early this week because it came after Florida State got a nice, you know, nice win over LSU. Let's not pretend LSU is like Joe Burrow's LSU, but that was a nice win for Florida State. No question about it. And I'd mentioned earlier this week that Hakeem Williams, the five-star wide receiver out of Fort Lauderdale, Stranahan, that there's some momentum for him to Florida State, okay? Um, and then I see an update uh, this morning from Gary Furman of Kane Sport, my pal Gary, who says uh, for Hakeem Williams, Texas A&M is surprisingly fading. That was the same sense that I was getting that, you know, Texas A&M long considered the leader for Hakeem Williams. They're fading and it's becoming a Florida State versus Miami battle. And he believes that Florida State has the slight lead for Hakeem Williams now. Miami's got a few options out there of wide receivers, top guys that they are recruiting heavily. Hakeem Williams is one of those. Um, I would love to have him in Miami at six foot three, 200 pounds. I like these big receivers, and I think Miami needs a receiver that size in this class. I would also hate to see him go to Florida State because I don't want them to have any nice things, right? <laughs> I would hate to see him go to Florida State. That would be a huge victory for Sunbelt. Uh, Mike Norvell, if he was able to get, if he was able to get, you know, a, a top receiver like Hakeem Williams. So that's definitely one to look out for that apparently Texas A&M fading 
and it's a Florida State versus Miami battle, and FSU with the slight lead. So I hope he waits until after that Texas A&M game to make – and actually he will because I think Hakeem is committing like uh, a few days after the uh, the Miami-Texas A&M game. So if Miami puts on a good show out there in College Station, maybe that can improve our chances a little bit. But speaking of wide receivers, uh, you know, Miami, I think over the last couple of weeks has been gaining some ground on Tyler Williams – four-star receiver from Lakeland. He's another guy with really good size. You remember last week he canceled an official visit to Ole Miss in favor of an unofficial visit to Miami to go see the Bethune-Cookman game. And all the feedback coming out of that visit was very positive. And he likes what he sees and hears from Miami's coaches. Um, And he wants to schedule an official visit to Miami before he makes his pick which is not going to – well, it's going to happen pretty soon, actually. September 27th is when Tyler Williams, four-star receiver out of Lakeland, is going to announce his school. Uh, So he may get Miami as his last official visit before that happens. This player has been trending heavily to Georgia, just so you know. So if Miami wants to get Tyler Williams, they're going to have to kind of pull him away from UGA in order to do that. So it will not be easy. You know, within the past several days, our pal Gabby Yerudia from 20 – from 24-7 Sports, from uh, inside the U on 24-7 Sports, has dropped a pair of Miami crystal balls for four-star cornerback Damari Brown out of American Heritage, six foot one, 180. I like his height, and I know he's going to get bigger and stronger. Um, and right now, Miami only has one corner committed for the class of 2023, so they definitely want to add more to that list. Uh, the one corner they have committed, I like him, is four-star Robert Stafford out of Melbourne, Florida. Um, so, yeah, you would – Damari Brown, uh, it's looking – I'm always hopeful. I'm never – you know, I'm never complacent. I'm always hopeful, but it's looking hopeful Damari Brown potentially to Miami. Um, I would love to get him and maybe even another corner in the class. And, no, I'm not expecting that to be Cormani McLean, but I don't think Miami is out of it. Wouldn't it be great you could get Damari and Cormani in the same class? Hopefully, that would be awesome. And then another crystal ball that Gabby dropped in Miami's favor, Christopher Johnson, four-star running back who we love out of Fort Lauderdale Dillard, 5'11", 180 pounds. And if I can describe Johnson in one word, that word is speed. This guy is a track star, blazing fast. And also, you love his versatility because Chris Johnson has played a lot of wide receiver in high school as well. So you know he's going to be – he's got the soft hands, very good at catching footballs out of the backfield. He's got great instincts when he gets into space. He can turn on those afterburners, and he's gone. So he's a playmaker. He's a home run hitter. Uh, He's one of the better running backs in the class. Uh, I would love to get him. And Miami currently does not have a committed running back in the class of 2023. And some of you will say, well, Don, they, Dono, they got so many guys. I mean, Trevante Citizen, next year he'll be back healthy. He's going to have a red shirt. We don't even need a running back. Nonsense. You want at least one top running back in every class, right? We're not talking about like 2011 Miami recruiting where it's like, oh, you know what? I think we're deep enough at running back. We can skip a year. Like, no, no, no. We're not talking about that era. We are talking about an era where we are trying to recreate the glory days here with Mario Cristobal, where you load up at every position. So, yes, we absolutely need running backs. And just to add nothing new on this, but just to add to something I've been hearing over the last week, uh, Miami is definitely in play to potentially flip Mark Fletcher 
from an Ohio State commitment to a Miami commitment. The Hurricanes are in play. I'm not guaranteeing it happens, but I think Miami is in play to do that. So they've got some options at running back as well. But right now, they don't have any committed in the class. Um, in case you were wondering, uh, I, I don't have anything new here, but Ruben Bain, who we all love out of Miami Central, defensive lineman, four-star, uh, he still has six crystal balls to Miami, and he's still trending to Miami over 91% on on three. I'm very worried about Alabama, though, with that one. So hopefully hopefully the Canes can get Bain, Bain, Kane. Hopefully they can get him to commit at some point soon. I'd love the staff to wrap this up. He had those three sacks against IMG a couple weeks ago, 28 sacks last year. He's a stud. And I don't have anything new on Samson Okunlola, but for those who ask me this almost daily, he is still trending to Miami over 95% on the on three tracker, and he still only has Miami crystal balls, three of them. Uh, oh, there, there is something new, though, at edge rusher. Not good new, potentially bad new, but according to Steve Wiltfong, the Grim Reaper from 24-7 Sports, Damon Wilson, the five-star edge rusher out of Venice, Florida, had a great official visit to Ohio State last weekend, and now Wiltfong believes the Buckeyes are trending now for him, and there's some... Uh, I don't think he's confident enough yet to drop the crystal ball, but he believes the Buckeyes are trending. Uh, so, you know, we would love to see Miami try and get back in Damon Wilson's ear and, and turn us back into that favor. So that's what we're hearing right now in recruiting. Let's go back to Miami versus Southern Miss when we come back because, my friends, courtesy of Bet Online, we've got some picks for you, my friends, coming up next. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, available free on YouTube. We're almost there to our goal of 5,000 YouTube subscribers before Texas A&M. So if you haven't yet, guys, it's free. Hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends if they like Canes football, they want college football content to subscribe to us right here on Locked on Canes. So let's get to some picks for Miami hosting Southern Miss, courtesy of Bet Online. They have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So as for where the line stands right now, Hurricanes are favored by 25 points. It's Miami minus 25 against Southern Miss. That line has actually shrunk a little bit. Early in the week, I saw it as high as minus 25 and a half. Now, I don't usually play numbers this big, but I do. For those wondering, I lean slightly to Miami covering that spread. That if I was going to wager on this, I would wager on Miami minus 25. That number, again, was over 27 earlier this week. And I think that the 27 number was probably a little bit closer to reality than 25 is because I think Miami is going to win this game by about four touchdowns or maybe about 31 points, something like that, okay? Because uh, the big picture for me, I think Southern Miss probably a little bit too one-dimensional on offense to cover that spread, a little bit too inexperienced on defense to keep this one close. Yeah, I think if Miami's not covering by the fourth quarter, they will be by the end of it. And this is also a noon kickoff in South Florida, so – they're they're going to be tested. Southern Miss's cardio will be tested. Okay, so I I would uh, I would lean to Miami covering the twenty five point spread. Uh, as far as the over under goes, fifty one points is the total. 
I definitely lean to the over. I think Miami's going to score probably in the 40s or low 50s, and I do think the Golden Eagles will get a few points here. I think they'll probably get somewhere between anywhere between like 10 to 17 points in this one, okay? So I think that one, I think the total score is probably going to be in the low 60s, so I like the over 51 for this, and these numbers, of course, are all courtesy of betonline.net. There's a couple of props here that I'm interested in if you want to go even deeper into this matchup, okay? Um, the first turnover of the game is a prop. What type of turnover it's going to be. If you say the first turnover turnover of the game is a fumble, doesn't matter which team, but if you think the first turnover is a fumble, you can get plus 155 odds on that. This just makes too much sense for me. You get plus money on a fumble being the first turnover. Southern Miss, they run the football at about a 5-to-1 ratio compared to throwing the football and... Miami is looking like a run first team right now. So I've got to think the first turnover, it's more likely to be a fumble than an INT. So plus 155, I like that. If you want to bet on the first score of the game being a Miami touchdown, you can get that at minus 130. Now, keep in mind the first score of last week's game was actually a Bethune-Cookman field goal before Miami scored a touchdown. Um, I don't see personally any value in betting on Miami scoring the first points of the game, even if you think they probably will, and they probably will, but that comes in at minus 401. So you're, you know, you'd have to bet $401 to win a hundred back. So I don't see value on that. I actually do see a little value on Southern Miss scoring first at plus 273. If they get the ball first and Miami's defense takes a drive or two to settle down like they did last week, you could potentially win on this prop. Southern Miss plus 273 to score first. Last one I'm going to go over here. Tyler Van Dyke touchdown passes. The over-under is two and a half touchdowns. I lean to the over. I don't know if I'm going to actually play this one simply because there's the wild card of, you know, if Miami builds a big lead, Jake Garcia might get into the game and that might cut into Tyler Van Dyke's snap count a little bit. But uh, there could be some value there. Tyler Van Dyke over two and a half touchdowns in this one. So huge shout out to Bet Online for the numbers and for the opportunities. Bet Online, where the game starts. Oh, guys, I'm so excited for tomorrow. I hope to see some of you out there at Hard Rock Stadium. I will be in there live in the flesh watching some Canes football. And guys, make sure you make Locked On ACC your second listen today and every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. Thank you for making us your first. We will talk to you again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.